Hi, this is Lauren, and you're listening to the Crazy for Healing podcast. I am a yoga teacher, mother, gardener, and trauma survivor, just learning to navigate my own healing journey using a lot of tears, tools, and humor. I created this podcast just to share some of those tools, meditations, thoughts, and conversations on just how crazy it feels to endeavor to heal. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for a medical care or mental health therapeutic care. Have you been enjoying this podcast? Well, it's a total labor of love for me. Actually, I made it so I could originally just go to sleep with listening to my own voice. And while I do love listening to the sound of my own voice, um, this does take a lot of time. Well, not a lot, just some time and effort. If you are a fan of this podcast and you would like for it to continue, you can now sponsor the podcast starting as little as 99 cents. That's right. For less than a dollar, you can help keep this podcast going, keeping the meditations flowing and the soothing sound of my voice going. I, I can't think of a word that rhymes. If you would like to sponsor, go to the website anchor.fm slash crazy healing. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash crazy healing. All right, it's me. Do you like that? I figured out how to do a title sequence and a... Um, ad (laughs) and a disclaimer so you can kind of say we're getting serious now and all jokes aside when I started this podcast I really didn't want to stress myself out about it because I um, and you could say this is a trauma response (laughs) that I get a little anal retentive let's say um and stressed out about things that aren't that important. And I didn't want to create this grueling schedule for myself and then get overwhelmed and just quit it after a while. So I just, when I started, I was just going to play it by ear. You know, we'll just do meditation here and there when I get inspired. And thus far that has worked over the summer. Um, and then I've decided... I'm going to get serious about this thing. (laughs) I know a lot of people that uh, practice at the studio where I teach in Rogers, Arkansas, in Northwest Arkansas, Be Well Yoga. People have been listening and I've been hearing comments in person, which is always very strange and unusual um, to talk to someone face-to-face about things you do on the internet. Um, Because sometimes I just think that that it's like it goes into the internet hole and it doesn't exist. So when people want to talk to me about stuff, it feels really, um, well, I'm honored, you know, I've 
that you would spend your time to listen to me talk or lull you to sleep, whatever um, you listen to or whatever purpose you have for listening to me. Um, but yeah, it's always awkward. Uh, you know, I never know what to say. I'm not good at taking compliments. Maybe we should do a meditation about that. (laughs) But actually this practice we're going to do today, I'm pretty excited about, um, because I've been preparing for this really amazing workshop, um, that I'm doing here on November 7th. That's next weekend. Um, or this weekend, depending on when you hear this (laughs) at, um, Be Well Yoga in Rogers. And it's all about combining, um, elements of traditional Chinese medicine. So, um, acupressure, massage, yoga, yen yoga, um, yoga nidra and sankalpa practice. And the thing about sankalpa, it's a Sanskrit word if you've never heard of it. Um, and it's really like, it gets used synonymously with, um, intention, affirmation. And so a lot of times when yoga nidra is practiced, sometimes it can get into that whole, um, manifesting the secret, you know, all that stuff. And, and, you know, if, if you're into that, you know, but that's fine, <laughs> but that's not really the purpose of the practice, right? So this is an ancient practice and yoga nidra is learning to relax the body in a way that the body is at rest, but the mind is still awake. And so there's debate depending on who you ask of whether the sankalpa, like at what point did it get added in? You know, I mean, it could be just like in the 70s or later. Um, but, but a yoga nidra was not used for sleep. It, it, you were supposed to stay awake and a yoga nidra practice was not originally used, um, for any sort of like affirmation manifesting thing. So while I, you know, get on a bunch of tangents, let's get back to the Sankalpa. (laughs) So the Sankalpa is, it's a Sanskrit word and it's really, you know, you're creating like this I am statement, right? So something you would like to work on, right? Like I am calm. (laughs) And it's not about picking the right phrase to magically manifest this state. What it's saying is that you're, you're vowing to be calm, to embody calmness. And when you're creating this Sankalpa, it's saying that you're acknowledging that this journey is going to be hard and you're going to need to make a vow because who can be calm all the time? Nobody. (laughs) So really the, the fact that you're even making a Sankalpa is an acknowledgement that this isn't something you're just going to be able to say, 
I am love. I am beauty. And everything's going to magically be okay. Like the Sankalpa itself is saying, this is hard. This is the sentence that I'm going to use that when this road gets hard, I can rely on this sentence to bring me back to my, my purpose, my desires, my commitment to myself. And the the great thing about using it in conjunction with a yoga nidra, so you could do a sankalpa practice by itself, using it with meditation, there's mudras, um, you know, it can be its own thing. Often it's used in conjunction with the yoga nidra practice because the yoga nidra can help you get into a relaxed state. And so if you're practicing this kind of saying this statement to yourself in this relaxed state, then you're developing this mental association with um, the statement, your sankalpa, and positive feelings. So when you get in a bind, when you feel like you're not doing well, if you're practicing building that positive um, association with your sankalpa, then the sankalpa can actually be used for the thing you uh, set the sankalpa about, right? So if you set your sankalpa, you know, if your sankalpa is, I am calm, then it can actually be used to calm you when you're not calm. So it's pretty ingenious. And it reminds me a lot of if you've ever done um, EMDR therapy, there's like a practice called like your safe calm place. It's like you're creating a safe place. And often it's like imagining a safe place while, um, you know, kind of saying like a keyword to yourself and building up this association. So you can use this word, this kind of keyword to bring about a sense of safety. Um, and, and I feel like the Sankalpa is very similar. So the second part of the Sankalpa, which is something I have added to it um, due to research done about affirmations. And I know I just said, Sankalpas aren't affirmations, they're vows, <laughs> but um, I think this is really important from a psychological standpoint, right? So I came across a study that was saying that affirmations were helpful only if the person chose their own and if they were believable, right? So if you go, you know, they have, I keep talking about the secret because that's the only thing that's coming to mind. But if you read books that have like affirmations or go to websites that have affirmations and let's say like a common one, like I am beautiful, right? And you look in the mirror and you look into your eyes and you say, I am beautiful, I am beautiful, I am beautiful, you know, 50 times a day. And if you don't believe it, then it's just going to make you feel worse because there's a sense of feeling that like you're a fraud and you're lying to yourself. And then on top of maybe you don't feel so beautiful. Now you're like gaslighting yourself into trying to think you're beautiful. And then there's the part of you that just isn't uh, adapting well to that. (laughs) 
So I think it's important that your sankalpa is believable. So let's go back to this, I am calm, right? You can make that vow in the moment and you're like, I'm a hot mess. I'm not calm at all. I don't believe in that I am the embodiment of calm. So a thing you can do to change it is you can um, kind of just switch the wording around. So maybe it's something like more and more I'm feeling calm, right? So it's still kind of in the present tense. It's not like an absolute, but it's saying, yep, I'm getting there, right? More and more I'm feeling calm. And then even if that feels like too much of a stretch for you, you can you can even just go down to the most simple, you know, I have the sincerest wish to be calm. And then you just start with the desire first and let the desire kind of fuel the the intention, the vow, you know? And it's an acknowledgement that, yeah, I don't feel like I'm there at this moment, but I'm putting my hope and faith in that, like, I'm going to work on this. And that can be very powerful. I think a lot of times, you know, we can get into the, like, fake it till you make it. And, um, and sometimes that can feel really harmful and even fraudulent. So I I think it can be very powerful to meet yourself where you are. It's, it's like clear eyes, open wide. I know who I am. I still want to work on this thing and I'm going to give it the college try. So the thing about Sankalpas is on one hand, you know, we're talking about it being your heart's desire and that's like sometimes really hard to figure out. Not sometimes, but a lot of the time. I think it takes a lot of practice to get to know yourself, to actually know what your heart's desire is. <laughs> and um, and obviously we have, you know, times in our life when we're more connected to that than others. And if you have anxiety or, you know, trauma symptoms... Sometimes there's just kind of a lot swirling around in your head and it can be really hard to distill it down to like, well, what is my heart's desire? And listening to your heart, I mean, that's a skill. I think we're probably born with it, but you know, the theme of pretty much every episode we're going to talk about is, um, we live in a culture that doesn't really allow us <laughs> to listen to our hearts. It's like, listen to your heart, but yeah, get a good job or, or, um, but yeah, pay your bills. Um, so some of us, a lot of us have had that listening to your heart taught out of us. And also, you know, like sometimes we have let our hearts go or the listening to our hearts go, rather, because it just has not historically been safe to do that. Yeah, we've been hurt. Things happen. So today's meditation, today's practice, we're not even going to form a sankalpa. This is all one, this is a meditation just about listening within, listening to your heart. 
how can you create that connection to go deep inside and really listen to you. Yeah, and there's like you, the inner dialogue, and then there's you that just exists beyond that. You know, if you want to say it's a soul, a spirit, um, you know, and you don't even have to believe in that you have a spirit. Maybe it's like higher consciousness or if you just, you know, your prefrontal cortex <laughs> brain, right? That higher self, that part of you that knows better, wants to do better. The person you were born as. That person. And some of us, you know, maybe we haven't gotten in touch with that person since we were really, really young. And that's okay. So today we're going to learn to listen to our hearts. And then um, next week, we'll do a Sankalpa practice. Or next time. <laughs> so if you're ready, get comfortable. This, this is a meditation you can do lying down. And um, yes, you can use it to go to sleep if you like. So grab your pillows, your blanket, whatever else you need. Let's practice. So let's get comfortable, either seated or lying down, eyes can be open or closed, directing your attention to whatever is touching the floor or the furniture that you're on, right, so feeling that pressure of the weight of your body underneath you. Feeling the contact with the ground. Even if you are on furniture, your body is connected to the furniture, which is connected to the floor which connects to the ground. Can you allow your body to sink into the support of the earth? The support of gravity. Allowing your limbs to be heavy. As you feel this weight, right? The weight of your body, which is the force of gravity 
tethering you to this precious, precious ground. Noticing the area in between the shoulder blades. Directing your attention up towards the back of the neck. Back of the head. The scalp. To the forehead, eyebrows, temples, eyes, muscles around the eyes, cheeks, jaw, tongue, down into the throat, neck, shoulders into the chest and the rib cage feeling the entire rib cage front sides and back as you begin to notice your breath tracking the breath by feel feeling the air in the nose the throat chest or the belly or simply counting the breath or you might even say silently to yourself in and out as you breathe Noticing how you feel as you notice your breath. And then if you are feeling that that is not working for you today, maybe feeling a little anxious, you can just bring your awareness back into the body Perhaps feeling your feet on the floor or maybe holding an item in your hand, even if it's a blanket, just to have that contact, that physical contact to ground you. Bring your attention to the center of the chest, the heart space. At first, just noticing how it feels to hold your attention here. 
There's no right or wrong. It's just is. It's very common to feel emotions. Maybe you feel tension. And also it's very common to feel really disconnected, right? So the awareness of disconnection is still awareness. Not forcing yourself to feel any one thing. Can you practice just observing without judgment? without condemnation being with your heart staying here in this space just feeling the chest or if you like adding a visualization that there is like a lotus flower in the center of the chest. And if you don't know what a lotus flower looks like, you'll be any flower of your choosing. This flower can be any color that appeals to you. It starts as a tight bud. And then on your inhale, this bud opens up. On your exhale, the bud closes. Visualizing beautiful flower opening on the inhale, closing on the exhale. Just keeping this visualization. Yeah, and then maybe if you like the flower also shines light or a color of light into the body any color you like any color you feel drawn to opening and closing as you breathe meditations there can be this emphasis on having an open heart and while having an open heart can be very healing can also feel very vulnerable and so vulnerable it feels scary So we have this closing of the heart because sometimes we need to protect ourselves. 
and that with the breath, we're opening and closing, right? We're choosing, determining, fluctuating, setting boundaries around our heart, who gets access to it and who doesn't. What situations are worthy of it and which ones are not. Taking a few more breaths just like this. Being with your own heart. And then placing your hand on your chest or maybe somewhere on the body that feels comforting to you. And holding right here, grounding with your touch. And silently ask the question, what is it I need to know right now? And the thing is about hearts is that sometimes, you know, they've, they've learned to be meek and maybe they whisper, maybe they don't talk at all. So it's really important that you have some compassion here for yourself that's the case if you're feeling a disconnect with your heart knowing that you did what you had to do to survive and that you're listening now Just remaining open. And maybe you don't so much hear your heart, but maybe get a feeling or remember something. Kind of think of something random. <laughs> or maybe you don't hear anything at all. And all of those are perfectly normal, common responses you know sometimes we don't hear anything and then it's moments we're like driving in our car we're in the shower and then our heart speaks up that inner voice speaks up or maybe it's when we're asleep in a dream Trusting that if we keep asking, posing the question, that eventually we'll hear an answer.
and take these last few breaths just to really hold space. Feeling how you feel. Trusting that whatever you need to know will come up and if even if what came up for you feels unpleasant that even these feelings will pass slowly if your eyes are closed go ahead and open your eyes maybe orient yourself in the room naming objects in the room colors you see and then if you're lying down making your way back up to seated and opening your eyes. So this concludes our practice for the day. I will be back in two weeks. We are now a bi-weekly podcast. If you have any questions, comments, there is a voicemail feature <laughs> on the podcast. So if you go to anchor.fm slash crazy healing, you can leave me an actual voicemail. So I'd be happy to know what you think. Um, or if you have a question about meditations, me, um, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm just a gal. Uh, but I would love to talk to any of you who are listening even though I made that whole speech up front about how it was awkward. But you're not in my face. You're leaving me a message. So I'm in control, right? So uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's practice. Stay crazy. <laughs>